Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk. There's supposed to be more after that. I'm not really sure what it is, though. And 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 talk about stuff. Oh, and talk about stuff. Cecil's already been drinking. I'm joined tonight by the lovable lovable characters and crews, the GNA crew. We got Zyberblood over there. How are you feeling this evening, Zyberblood? Uh, it's been a long and um, arduous journey to get back here. Um, yeah, I'm feeling a little under the weather, though. I guess that's what you get for, you know, sucking off people to get back to where you need to go. Oh, dude, no, man, sucking off people, that's a, that's a great way to make money. I made, I made like $385.45 sucking people off last night. Well, when you when you're going by the road the rules of the road, you know, I didn't have any cash. I didn't have any grass. So gotta give out that piece of ass. Yep. And we're joined tonight by Shadow Fox. Shadow Fox, how you feeling tonight, my good friend? Well, upset that I lost three hundred dollars and forty five cents last night. But I'm still trying to Google how to shoot you through a camera. Now, did you lose it? Or did you make an educated purchase with it? That's, that's the question. I would say I lost it. It was not worth the money, but unfortunately, because it was cash, I can't do a chargeback. You're right. You can't. No cash back. Subtle pause. How are you doing, D? We're being joined tonight by D from Microbrew. Like Wiley Coyote after a long, hard day of not catching the Roadrunner, I feel like shit. I still have that virus kicking the shit out of my lungs. Have you considered smoking like, you know, four or five ounces of weed while drinking a fifth of vodka, slamming back a bottle of wild turkey, and then eating a brownie? That would result in death because I'm allergic to chocolate. I know. That's why the brownie is so important. I have considered that. We're being joined tonight by Shinzu. Shinzu, man, how you feeling tonight, guy? I'm feeling perfectly fine, not only because I'm not sick, but also because I didn't lose like $300, so I'm good. Could have just been a nickel, so I was going with a joke there. You guys completely went right by it. Ah, Well, the most important thing, which I'm pretty sure, I mean, just looking around the room, it doesn't look like there's a lot of activity on the drinking scale, so... I don't know who to start with first, because I don't know where it's going to go from here. I mean, I, w- I wish I could get a sign, like like maybe somebody pointing at themselves and smiling. Probably Zyber. Probably Zyber. <laughs> you know, Zyber, Zyber's, I, th- I think Zyber's got some fingers up there. So Zyber, what are you drinking tonight, man? Well, I am drinking a Cranky IPA by Stony Creek. Our- yeah. Okay, you gotta tell me about this, man. Come on. It, it is a uh, is aggressively laid back, what the can says, and it is uh, six point eight. It's sixty eight IBUs, and it is laid back. It is it is definitely one of those uh, beers you could drink a lot of, and end up pissing a lot of. Uh, the flavor, um. It's it's very generic, and I have to say it. It's basic. It's a basic IPA. Passive aggressive. Does it come with a pair of bugs? Um, well, it's Stony Creek, so I'd say yes. 
Say, if, if you're drinking, you got to drink now. He said basic. Get my beer. So for all those following at home, you know what you got to do. <laughs> you know, side, side note on this. It is absolutely hysterical how this little thing of, of D saying basic like 400 times an episode has turned into a GNA staple point. <laughs> I just, I want to say that I really love that. To the point of somebody said basic at work the other day, and I instinctively grabbed my water jug and drank. All right, what are you drinking with us tonight, D? Well, because I'm <laughs> feeling like such garbage, I'm just hydrating with water. That's it. Well, you know, vodka translates to water of life, right? Out of vodka. Yeah, bastard. And I guess we'll just we'll stare over at Mr. Green Shirt there. What are you having tonight, Shinzu? Uh, I am having a beer from Rock Art Brewery located here in Vermont called the Vermonster. Is it a green monster by any chance? It is not a green monster. Uh, however, the wine is very tasty. It's it's uh, Green Mountain brewed. It is Green Mountain brewed. Uh, it is not a green monster, but it is brewed in the finest of green mountains. And it's uh, it's more of a <clears throat> it's a, an American barley wine style ale. And it's actually really smooth and really easy to go down, which is kind of dangerous because they sell these things in cans that are absolutely freaking enormous. It's always about size with you. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? If you're going to go something, going to do something, go big. This uh, this is a pretty much a 20-ounce uh, can. That's what she about, said. It's 20 ounces. <laughs> uh, I'm going to slap you when I see you next time. And it's a 10% of alcohol per volume. Nice, nice. That's like a... Uh... I was going to say, it sounds like it's a, a heavy-duty Foster's can. It pretty much is, man. Hold on, hold on. I have to uh, jump in here real quick to what G- D said. Um, yeah, that's not true because his can has shrunk. Remember that. His volume takeage has shrunk. You've been talking to your mom again? But um bum and uh, since since viewers at home or listeners at home can't see what I just did there, Shadow's actually wearing the green shirt, and I just totally set him up. He was totally leaning into the mic, ready to say something. I'm like, hey, Shinsu! Fuck you. Uh, what are you drinking tonight with us? So instead of my standard two liter of Mountain Dew, I have this 1.25 liter of Mountain Dew. The advantage here is the bottle is way easier to hold. This is great. I love this. I like how you change it up there. I, on second thought, I don't think we should have given him a turn. <laughs> <laughs> At least we know he won't get scurvy. It has uh, orange juice in it. It does. It does have orange juice. It does. We, we, we learned that. It does have orange juice. It's half a screwdriver. So, next segment, State O Games. So, what has everybody been doing? If you, haven't, if you don't know what State of Games is, State of Games is where we go into... Each person goes around the table and finds out what they've been playing for the past week or so. Um, or if they don't have anything that they've really played, they're just, they can just pontificate on whatever the hell, hell they want about the gaming industry in general. But this is kind of our touch on to make sure that we talk about games at some point in time. Since GNA, the starting, t- the starting letter is games. So I want to make sure we get into that every turn. Let's go right back in reverse there. Shadow. I almost said Shinzu again, and I'm staring at your face, and I almost said Shinzu. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to unmute myself until you actually said it. I was going to just sit there awkwardly for as long as it took. I, I was staring at your face, and my brain was going, Shinzu, 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 and I'm going, no. 
It's because he's a giant green icon with the Triforce, and I'm wearing a Zelda shirt again. Touche. Because I, I own, like, five shirts. Yeah, I'm not actually sure if Shinzu actually has a face. I think Shinzu might actually be a computer program that has just been talking to us. That or I he have is become, the Triforce. I have become self-aware, and I would like to say if I could wear a shirt, I would be wearing a Zelda shirt. I think also, it's actually... I, I'd like to say, uh, for a guy that said that the next time he was on the show, he'd have a camera doesn't have a camera uh this is true and there is a reason for that and it's it makes it more suspicious that he's only a computer program and that's because i was too lazy to go to uh the local shop and pick one up so next weekend next weekend guys yeah because also, like amazon on your phone that's way way lazy too i mean also next week is also payday so you know uh it is not payday and you know it it is pay everybody day thank you lex I firmly believe that Shinzu is actually just a microphone attached to D's butt, and it's farting. No, no, actually, I can. We we know from the last episode that that is not true, because we we visually saw him put his butt to the mic and rip <laughs> he did one shit on the mic. Oh man, I'm I was sure even he had drunk to. And I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he had to scrape the mic off on that one. Yeah, we saw a little splatter pattern on that. Oh, and now man. we know why D's feeling under out. the weather. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he's been he's been talking fecal coliform on his face. Ah, I even oh. forgot about that. It's nasty. Oh, so it's my state of games, right? Um, I've been playing Wildlands still on extreme difficulty, and I hate my life. Nice. But I did start playing a little bit of Breath of the Wild back on the Wii U. But um, that game has such a slow start to it. I just I haven't been able to continue playing. It has. It has such a slow start to it. It really needs that direction at the get-go. But so, I love the game overall. You've played uh, Skyward Sword, right? I actually, I tried to play Skyward Sword since the Wii U will play Wii games. I went out and bought a, a new copy off of Amazon, but either my controller was jacked up or the motion controls are inaccurate as hell. I just, I couldn't get past the first dungeon. All right. See, my whole thing is, I think uh, Breath of the Wild starts out a slight bit slower than Skyward Sword. I remember the first time I played Skyward Sword, it was painful. I just had my surgery, had, was all stitched up, and decided it was a brilliant idea to play a Wii game where you flail your arms around, and I almost tore open my stitches. Now, what I'm looking forward to, since we're, we're talking about the, uh, the overall state of games, is I want a another top-down Zelda, the last one that came out, A Link Between Worlds. I loved it. It had a hard curve when you go to low reel for the first time, but I still love that game. I love the whole fact that you can actually, because it's three-dimensional but top-down, it has 2D elements. They did a very good job on that. I'm looking forward to what they're doing on the next top-down version. That was a direct sequel of, uh, of A Link to the Past, and that's actually, I think, the first sequel that Zelda has done. Is that correct? Uh, when Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask would be the first one, yeah. Oh, okay. And I think then, this. Is, I think is this is like the first time they did a direct sequel, like the game and a second version of the game in the same exact, you know. Well, technically, Majora's Mask is a direct sequel because it takes place directly after the events of Ocarina of Time. And then there was um, hmm. not Spirit Tracks, but the one before Spirit Tracks. Ah, uh, shit! What was that one? Uh, Phantom Hourglass. That was a direct sequel to Wind Waker. Huh. Well, then I, I haven't... Well, okay, so in my defense, while I love Zelda, I stopped playing Zeldas at Ocarina of Time. Even though I love the Zelda games. 
Lame. Wind Waker was the best. Well, the re I the reason I stopped not... is because I I really enjoyed the top down versions of Zelda. I mean, I enjoyed Link's Adventure, and that was kind of fun as a different thing, but it was really it wasn't really nearly as good as Zelda. And then when uh, uh, Link to the Past came out, it, you know that really just like took it for me. Um, and then there was a couple of Game Boy versions which were fun, but they weren't nearly as fun. And then it went 3D, and I went, you know what? Everybody's trying to go 3D, and I think I had a bad taste in my mouth from when Castlevania tried to do it. And I just went, you know what? N nah, I'm not putting myself through that. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'll let you borrow the Wii U. It has the Wind Waker on it. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I mean, I've got, uh, I've got the. The disc that came out with Zelda or with uh, the GameCube, where it's got all the Zeldas on it, including Majora's that's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Fuck great you, that's an incredibly collection. rare disc. I know. Yeah, and I got one of those too. I have one too. I lost mine. Fuck you, both. I, I actually didn't even know that it was a rare find at the time when I picked it up and it just came in the box. I'm like, oh, cool. I love Zelda. I love Link to the Past. This is going to be awesome. I basically. I, or it's not a Link to a Past, uh, a Link's Adventure. I went through and I played through all of Zelda, and I'm like, oh, that was great. Then I played through uh, Link's Adventure, I'm like, oh, that was great. And then I went to go into Ocarina of Time, and I went, ah, I remember why I hated this. And then I turned it off, like, 30 seconds into it. Until they remastered Ocarina and Majora's Mask for the 3DS, it really wasn't possible to play either of them without a Nintendo 64 unless you had that disc, and they only made a limited amount of them, and they weren't actually even for sale. No, they weren't. Yeah, you could... Yeah, you could only get them through a reward through Nintendo Power. And then uh, I also had the disc with the Master Quest on it, too. I actually got mine through buying my Wii. It, or, no, buying my GameCube. It came with my GameCube. I mean, even now, that I mean, the disc isn't too, too rare because you can get it on eBay, but it's still like a $60 disc that you can buy on eBay. Hey, but still, I mean, if you think about it, I bought the, I bought the whole system for $299, I think, or $199. So even if I'm selling that disc, which that disc was just a freebie that they threw along with it, I'm making 60 bucks off of it now, which is more than my Wii is worth. I mean, obviously my Wii is only worth about five cents, but I'm bummed. I'm guessing Shadow is done with his uh, state of games since he's run away now. So, Cyber, what's your state of games, man? Uh, my state of games... Let's just say uh, Pathfinder, Kingmaker. I've been playing hours of that. Nice. And do you find all the all the fun bugs in it? Oh yeah. Bugs that piss me right the fuck off. Um, yeah. I I got pushed into a point of, well, okay, if I can't find these goddamn relics after doing everything they said to do, and the relics aren't being given to me when they said, Hey, here we go. Here's the relic. Um, yeah, fuck that. Um, I cheated. I cheated big. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's kind of just cheating when you're just trying to get past a bug. Unless you really just cheated horribly. I mean, it's not oh, like yeah. Skyrim. I, I said, fuck it, I'm cheating. I, if I'm cheating, I'm going all out. I uh, went in to the, like, you know, save file, open it up in uh, Note++, went through, said, okay, I need this, this, this. Um, I don't like that my character is still, like, super weak, so I'm going to change all that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I super cheated. Nice. What about you, Dee? What's your state of games, man? 
Well, predominantly, I'm just trying to get through the rest of Octopath Traveler. So I've been playing that as much as I can. And um, I also played a little bit today, since it's getting closer to Halloween, I played some Luigi's Mansion with uh, my daughter, because she's been wanting to play it on the GameCube, so we've been playing through that. And also, my son loves to play Mario Odyssey, so we've been playing that too. Hurrah! So Nintendo's been getting a bit of love for me this week. But you sh- and I picked up the uh, World Ends With You, but I haven't had a chance to crack into that yet. Alright. What about you, Shinzu? What's your, uh, what's your steady games there, guy? I have been playing uh, some of the Skyrim, of course, as I keep poking into that game. But I've also been playing that game I was talking about last week, Dragalia Lost, which is the new Nintendo uh, mobile game for Android and iOS. Odd silence there. Sorry, typing. Um, rock on. Well, my, my city games, actually, I've shifted gears, and I've actually played a bunch more, um, bunch more like, personal, not video games. Uh, we played a game called Gloom last night. You guys ever heard of Gloom? All right, so this game is a silly amount of fun. Uh, the only drawback is that... Is that the board game? It's it's a card game. It's a tabletop card game. Oh, yeah, it's a Wait, lot of did fun. Wait, did you say Gloom? Gloom. Yeah, Gloom. As in the Pokemon? As in the Pokemon. Okay, I've heard of that. All right. But not the game. Okay, cool. So, Gloom is... You've got... It, it's, it's a typical card game. All the cards are translucent, though. So when you put a card down, you can see through it. And if you put a card down on top of another card, you can see through it. So, And that's the whole point, is that you can see through. The different cards have modifiers, so when you play them on a card, you can see the cards through, and you can play a card on somebody else that eliminates some of their modifiers so that they have less of point, less points on whatever. But basically how it is... Ah, oh crap, i got a drink. Hold on. How the game goes is you have a family of four or five characters and each of these characters are really weird in general like you've got a brain in a box and you've got a dog who's a member of the family and you've got a grave digger who's a member of the family that type of weird you have to be creative in this game you have to put down a card and a card is an event card and what happens is it tells a story of what happened to that character now the card itself might only say was wounded by wasps but you have to go, you have to actually elaborate on it. You have to, um, you have to kind of make a story about the whole thing. So, you know, let's say we got a brain in a box and that's your character and he gets wounded by wasps. So you got a brain in the box wounded by wasps, but you gotta, you, you elaborate on it. Like, well, being a brain in the box, he doesn't really move around much. So when all of a sudden the exterminator came in saying that he was going to come in and, and take care of a wasp's nest that was in his laboratory, the brain of the box didn't think anything of it. All of a sudden the wasps got a very, very aggressive and they started getting into his box. So now he was a brain in a box with wasps and those wasps stung him all to hell. Maybe the wasps are why he's just a brain in the box. Left. It could be too. Hmm. So... You play... Dick in the box! You basically... Oh, crap, I did it again. Um, so you, you play the game, and your objective is to have your characters have the most horrific life possible, and then die. And you're trying to kill off all your characters. Uh, it's, it's a silly, fun game. It involves a whole lot of creativity, and when you're drinking, it gets even better. But uh, it's it's a really fun little silly game to play. 
Um, on the... We are going to have to play that at our next GNA get together. Yeah, absolutely. Live for streaming. Uh, I wish I could read what the hell you have up there, Zyber, but uh... yeah, hang on. Oh, we're jerking each other off on Instagram. Uh, it looks like something like it said Magic Carp did something, but I, I wasn't paying it. I, I didn't catch that. <laughs> he jizzed in a box. Other than that, I played a little bit of No Man's Sky on PC because I wanted to see what it looked like now with all the updates, and it looks really, really pretty. I even had to throw it in 4K to see if it, uh, how it looked there. Ran at a flawless 60 frames, too. It was uh, very, very, very pretty. Other than that, I've been super lame. I've just played some mobile games on my phone. You've been playing games with my heart, too. I have, but that usually involves rubbing your taint. I wouldn't do that right now. I kind of got a shit. Nah, it's all right. I might work it out of you. I'm a friend like that. I help. You know, it's it's, it's okay. Friends can start each other off. Shadow, it sounds like you need a squatty potty. And you need to put a unicorn on. A unicorn horn on when you do it. Because then it'll come out rainbow colored. Speaking of which, if anybody's listening to this and you actually shit a rainbow-colored shit, go to the hospital immediately. That is not right. There is something wrong with you. You probably are going to die shortly. That means your liver's failing. Actually, I have no idea what it means. I'm not a doctor. Do not take medical advice from me other than going to the hospital. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. You're, you're probably going to die, so go get that checked out. Don't even drive yourself. Don't be, don't be the man there. Don't be like, hey, I'm okay. I've got a thumb severed off down to the wrist, but I can drive myself to the hospital. No, you do a rainbow shit, you call your wife, you call your friend, you're like, dude, I gotta get to the hospital right now, and I can't drive. Get an Uber. Smell the rainbow. Well, maybe the rainbow shit's because you just ate your wife and your friends. Yeah. Could be food dyes. No. Question, when you you said eat your wife and friends, are you... Never mind. Yeah, either way, I think I don't think it's gonna come out like the uh, like the human centipede, like Zyver's thinking there. I think it's more gonna come out uh, kind of a tan, maybe a little pellet because it's a lot of protein. Cecil, I need to go to the hospital. Ah, oh, crap! Got to end the show now. All right, everywhere. <laughs> All right, well, hey, so we actually, we shifted gears for this episode. Normally, we go on and and pontificate about some sort of strange happening or or game or, or whatever it may be but this time around we thought hey it's october let's run with some theme here let's run with some october level themes so we're gonna do something that we haven't done i don't think we've done yet on the show together talk about candy candy ah uh, yes yes some sinister candy at that so we're just gonna hang with the family then you know, or, I was about to say, fuck, it's black licorice. You know, it, oh, that was so racist. That was so racist. How was that racist? I'm talking about candy, licorice. Yeah, yeah. You rat bastard. Yeah, black licorice. <laughs> talking about hanging with the family, black licorice. Dude, we're going to get angry people from that. Like, that's what's happening from that comment right there. We are getting angry people. In fact, we probably just lost three quarters of our audience because of that single comment right there. If people come after me since my name is publicly known due to my website, I'm going to name drop every single one of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to be like that dude. I'm going to oh, send... What the on, hell did on. I do? If if I get angry emails, I'm giving them D's address. Now, Blue, or sorry, uh, <laughs> Shadow Fox is going to be exactly like the dude from Deadpool 2 where Cable is sitting there like with a knife going, I've got a list of things. 
We're going to work down it together. And he's like, well, I could stop you right there. I'm not making it past one. In fact, I'm not making it to one. I've got a scare boner right now, and it's it's horrible. Incidentally, I do have a boner right I'll now. I'll tell you what. If we get people coming after us, I'm just going to smoke a road sign and end this shit quick. <laughs> That's the way to do it. You know, one day you're going to pull out that whole quote just randomly on the show, and I'm going to die laughing. I'm just going to fall over out of the chair dying laughing because it's going to be perfect. I'm just going to bite them in the hopes I I spread rabies or zombie or something. You would. I would, yes. Instead of doing our normal show where we're going to go on and crank on about something, we're actually going to do a movie review. So being that it... Oh, God, oh, God, we're all going to die. God, we should have watched Serenity, man. God, I would have reviewed that all day friggin' long. And there is so much friggin' trivia around that movie. Like, God damn. Anyways, now you're getting me off on a friggin' tangent. So we instead decided to go with a horror movie. And, you know, as soon as we go with a horror movie, we've pretty much just lost Blue, because Blue does not do horror at all. So, Blue, I wish you were here, man. I really do. And here, this drink's for you. Maybe we can just drag Blue and say, hey, we're going to do an escape room and have it be a horror-themed escape room. <laughs> well, actually, i got a story about that later on. So, <laughs> we gotta get we got to get into this before we actually don't talk about the movie. We'll do the whole show and not talk about the movie we actually watched. Which we forced Shadow to watch it, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be pissed if we don't talk about it. Why do you think I keep trying to derail it? <laughs> I'm already fucking livid about the damn thing. So we went for a horror movie, and and this horror movie I've got a sordid past with, and I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later. But we went with the movie Sinister. So Sinister is... Sinister is probably one of the only horror movies in recent years that actually got me going. Is in like, wow, that was actually really, really well done. That was that was spooky. You know, I, when I say well done, I don't mean like well done as in like a cooked steak. I mean like well done as in like they they obviously tried. They shifted gears and tried something a little bit different. And of course, whenever anytime you have kids in it, that that makes it creepy altogether. Like the friggin' ring with with what the hell was her name? Almar? No, almost from Fear. Samara. 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 Thank you. Like, that just was fucking weird. I mean, coming out of your flat screen TV, ruining that shit? Oh, dude. If I saw a friggin' uh, kid crawl out of my, my screen, it would be like that dude in the elevator when they were trying to do that whole scare with people. I would just go start throwing wild haymakers at at that thing, whatever it was. No, no. I, I'm going to get a newspaper and just start beating the hell out of her. She's dripping all over my fucking Samsung soundbar. All over my gaming equipment, I'd be furious. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking, kick the crap out of her. I would just say, she better not be stepping on Grandma's uh, freshly mopped floor. <laughs> I bet she's going to have it. <laughs> Ass whooping there. So, The Ring started off as, actually, um, uh, it was it was co-written by a gentleman named C. Robert Cargill, I think? I thought we are talking about Sinister, not, exactly. not The Ring. We are. Exactly. Oh. He's telling. A I'm story. not watching another movie. Let him, let him tell the story. Okay, sorry. No, sorry, no, no. Sorry. So, so it it, it was it, the the whole movie started off is actually because we were talking about the ring, which which reminded me of how this movie started off. Um, this guy, C. Robert Cargill, or I think his name is Cargill, Cargill. I don't know. I'm probably mutilating it. And he's never gonna listen to the show anyways. It's, probably, it's like a bowl. They're never gonna listen to the actual show. So he started off, and this eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, I know. I know, right. So this all started off because that dude had a dream uh, that was related to the ring that he saw back in, like, what was it, 2002? 
Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it, well, the, the dude had a nightmare, and it, it, it was after he watched The Ring. And that's where this movie kind of started from. It started from this nightmare that he had. And that's where we get into this. Um, now, the, na- the, the major villain in the movie, you know, again, okay, so we're going to do some major disclosure here. If you don't want any spoilers on the movie Sinister, turn the podcast off now or, or, or skip to like, like the last 10 minutes just so you can hear us BS and talk about what, what the questions are because there's going to be a whole ton of spoilers Hold coming. On. Hold on. It's been more than 10 years for that movie, so fuck them. Yeah, true, true. It has been it more is, than yeah, 10 years, so time. they should have seen it by now, but just in case I they I thought have. it came out in 2011. Uh, that would give it a good seven years. Well, it's been out for a while. Still, seven years. That's long enough. Well, just in case they haven't seen it, there's your warning. You don't like it. Move on. Anywho, so the major villain in this is actually, it's not, uh, it's not something that you'd expect. It's actually a, 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 a god. It's a deity going by the name of Bugal. Now, what's cool part is, is that Bugal... What does Bugal translate into? Mr. Bubbles. <laughs> Eater of children. Oh, and? Boogeyman. There you go. Zybers got it. It actually translates to Boogeyman. Ah, so in the movie... That's why they call him Mr. Boogie. Exactly. In the movie, they call him Mr. Boogie. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga? No, that's John Wick. Oh. Yeah, and no dogs died in this, so we're safe. Oh, God. Yeah, like that's... Actually, no, a dog didn't die, but there was a Chihuahua. There's also a Rottweiler. Did the Rottweiler actually die? No, no. Oh, shit. No, it didn't die. It just got all, all, all oh, okay. pissy no, with yeah, Ethan Hawke. So the, the movie stars Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke is a writer, and he moves into this house where this horrific murder happened, which we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, he moves into this house because he wants to write this book. He's a he's a uh, a, a writer. He's had a, he's had a couple of hits, but he's chasing... He's chasing that big hit again. He's 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 had that taste of fame, and he's really trying to get that taste of fame back. Yeah, it's a true. He's a true crime writer now. Exactly, um, but he hasn't had a major hit since I think his second book or something like that, or his first book was a hit, and his second book really wasn't, or vice versa, something along those lines. But anywho, uh, he's a writer. He moves into this house where a horrific murder happened. Actually, it didn't happen in the house. Which is the only comedy in the entire movie? Did did any does anybody ever remember that? Yes. Yeah, that was actually hilarious. Skylar yes, and I were talking great. about that exact situation. The the wife asks, "Oh my god, did the murder happen here in the house?" No, no, no. It happened in the backyard. <laughs> Our kid plays in that tree. That was the best part. Is that she? They're sitting there and they're having an argument and they're going on and just he. She she's like, did this do? We're living in the house where a murder happened, and Ethan Hawke is just and like nonchalantly. Yeah, he's like, no, of course not. It happened in the backyard, you know, just so nonchalantly. He delivers that line, and it's like in the whole movie, you're like so tense up until that spot. You're like, oh man, oh man, and then he drops that, and you can't help but laugh out of out of just insane fear or whatever. But it just you have to laugh. I don't know. I laughed during the whole thing. Yeah, but you always laugh through horror films. That's 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 you. Like that's your sense of humor. I mean, that's why I'm never gonna watch the Human Centipede with you because I'm gonna sit there and be puking into a bucket and you're gonna be laughing hysterically. Oh God, the like. Oh yeah, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> so back to Sinister. <laughs> so 
Ethan Hawke moves into this house. You know, of course, his his family slowly finds out about what's going on. Some some are a bit different than others. The movie is really, really good, though, about trying to throw you curveballs. So when you when you think you know what's happened, even if you watch the trailer and you kind of get a, a sense of where this movie's going, it, it's great at leading you in a different directions. Like, for instance, when his son starts having those night terrors, I immediately thought, oh, man, this kid is the kid who's going to get possessed or killed or, or whatever. This kid is going to be the problem. And oh yeah, especially after a kid in a box. Yeah, and then it throws you a complete curveball later on, and you're like, "What the f- uh, what?" So that's the that's the basic premise. Oh crap, I did it again. God damn it! So that's that's the that's the premise of the story as we go into it. Now, I've seen the movie before, and this is my quick story time with Cecil on that part. I can't remember who I saw this movie with first. But it was just when it came out to like DVD or, or whatever. It was on Netflix. And it was shortly after it came out of theaters. It went right to Netflix. Um, and I'm watching this movie. And I think it, it might have been with Lex. I, I honestly can't remember. I remember the second time I watched it was with my brother and my father. And the reason I watched well, anyways. So I watched it the first time. And it was, and I always watch scary movies. I love scary movies. The first time I'd watched it. I went into it thinking, all right, this is going to be like any other scary movie I've watched, like The Ring or, or Grudge or I Know What You Did Last Summer or something. And I'm just going to be like, all right, yeah, I was had some spooky elements, but I'm fine. Dude, that movie was one of the only movies in recent years that actually had me going, I got to turn on lights after I watch this movie. I can't just walk through a blind house with no lights on. And I'm checking behind me. I'm actually looking for children behind me. Shortly after watching this movie... We're sitting in bed, and we're staying at my parents' house because we had just moved down to Virginia. And we're, we're, we're sitting there, we're sleeping in bed, and I'm just kind of you know sitting there drifting in and out, going in and out. And all of a sudden, I see my daughter walk through the door uh, of our bedroom. And she just sits there, and, and she doesn't quite walk. She does this kind of shuffle where she's, she's not quite walking. She's kind of like shuffling back and forth. And I see her walk in. And, you know, at first I'm, I'm trying to comprehend what's going on and then I realize, oh, it's Bot. So I, I, I kind of like, you know, lean up on it on one elbow and I'm like, hey, Bot, what's going on? And she doesn't say a word. And I look and I went, hey, Bot, are you okay? And she just still doesn't say anything. So now me talking to Bot because I've all of a sudden started talking louder because I'm trying to like, if, my, if she's sleeping or something, I'm trying to wake her up. Well, I've woke my wife up and my wife sits there and goes, sweetie, are you okay? All of a sudden, my daughter tips her head back and starts laughing, and not a child, not like a normal child's laugh, where you're like, "Oh, they're having a fun time." No, like a weird, sick, twisted, like mega villain, laughing maniacally with her head tilted back and shoulders rocking with it. I'm going like now at this point in time, I've jumped up, I'm on all fours on top of this bed, and I'm ready to reach for a lamp. And I'm ready to bust my kid's head open if she doesn't start talking to me. And I'm literally staring at her and I'm going, kid, kid, you better start talking right now. Kid, I'm going to kill you. I real, I mean that. I mean that literally. I love you, but you will die right now. You got to say something. And I'm freaking out because I just watched this damn movie Sinister with all these kids roaming around and I'm panicking. I am in full on panic mode. I'm ready to jump out of the window or start throwing haymakers at my own child. <laughs> all of a sudden she comes out of it. 
And she just sits there and, you know, she shakes her head, she rubs her eyes, and she's, hey, what's what's going on? And I'm like, kid, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, all right, kid, well, this almost ended very badly for both of us, so why don't we get you back to bed, okay? And I get we get her off to bed, we put her in, we, we put her in bed, we tuck her in, and I just look at my wife and I'm like, that that just happened, right? Like, like that wasn't, I, I didn't dream that. And my wife was just nodding at me. Yeah, that, that happened. I'm like, all right, and, and you're going to corroborate this story later on when I say this happened. You're, it's not going to be like that plane we saw where you say, I never saw a plane. This is, this is something where you're going you're gonna to back me up and not make me feel nuts, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Oh, Zyber's got something. What do you got, Zyber? The plane thing. Oh, my God. I remember hearing that story. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, and she still will not say she saw that plane in public. So anyways, that's, that's my story time with Cecil on that. I feel like I'm missing a backstory to this plane thing. Oh, God. And I feel like I, I need to know about this, so, uh... All right, so, I guess more story time with Cecil. <laughs> Why the hell did I even watch this movie? <laughs> well, we're gonna get into that. We'll get to you later. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Lex and I, we were, we were driving through, we were in, I think, uh, Scattacoke and we were going from Scattacoke over to Stillwater on that, uh, I forget what the name of that road is. Uh, we're actually going, sorry, we were going from Stillwater towards Scattacoke in, in New York. And as we were driving through, you know, if you guys know the road, I think it's like 85 or 83 or 81 or 62 or I don't know, whatever the hell that road is, but you guys have probably been on it. Oh, go ahead, Zyber. What you got? Now, was, I can't remember, wasn't this when you were coming to pick me up and we were going to eat at, like, uh, um, Olive Garden or some shit like that? No, no, we were heading home from here because we were heading towards Scattacoke. It might have been after we left you, but we were heading home because we were heading into Scattacoke and then we were going to go up the hill towards Greenwich. Right. So we're we're heading down and, and the area where we're in, you know, there's all trees everywhere. So trees all across, you know, on each side of the road. It, it was, you know, it's a beautiful town, and, and it's a beautiful area. But that's basically... Oh, fuck, I did it again. It's just how the whole thing is. You know, it's just... It's lots of trees everywhere. So we're cruising in, and sh- and, and Lace was... Or Lex was driving. So we're cruising, and we're driving. And all of a sudden, we look, and as we're driving down the road, we see a plane that's just... And it's really, really friggin' low. It's right over top of the trees. Like if I was, if I could have been at the top of the tree where it was, I probably could have reached my arm up and grabbed the wheel. That's how close it was to those trees. And I look, and as we're getting closer to it, I see it. I said, "Oh, that's, that plane's really low." And Lex is like, "Yeah, it is." And we get closer and closer to it, and all of a sudden, because I mean, we we saw it about a mile out. As we get closer and closer, we realize that that plane is still there. You know, it hasn't passed by us or anything, and it's still sitting there floating. And as we get closer and closer, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, are you seeing this? And she's, you know, of course she's driving, and she's trying to look at it at the same time. She's like, yeah, I am. And I'm like, what the hell's that plane doing? And we're looking at this plane, and the only way to describe it is it is stalled perfectly over top of these trees. In fact, as we're passing by it, we can see the trees underneath it, and we're... Like, literally, we look at each other like, there's no way that that plane is just sitting there. Because as we drove by it, 
we literally drove by and, and passed by as if it were stationary, as if it was just sitting there above the trees doing nothing. We drove right by it, and we both looked at each other like, no way. And we turned around to go see what the hell it was because we're like, there's no way that was just there. We turn around, we drive back, the plane's not there. So then we're like, is there an airport around here where this thing could have been like trying to land? And there's no airport, airport in between those two areas. We're like, well, is there maybe a field or something? I mean, there's fields all over the place, but no, where it was, there was just trees. Trees and a couple of houses cut out into it, you know, cut out into those paths and a river. Well, a stream really, but, you know, a, 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 sm- a body of water with a whole bunch of rocks in it. <laughs> so we're sitting there looking at each other and we're like, we did just see that, right? Like, like that wasn't a hallucination. We just physically saw it. I mean, if I just saw it, I could understand I'm, I'm tripping balls or something, but we both saw that, right? And we're looking at each other like, uh-huh. And then we're like, that's just, that's just weird. And then to this day, every time I mention it, I'll be like, yeah, it was like that plane. And I'll describe the whole story. I'll be like, Lex, you know what I'm talking about. And she'll just look at me. I don't know. What plane are you talking about? I, I don't remember a plane. And she does that to me. Just to screw with me. You know, it could be a type of older uh, military craft. I'd believe it. I've actually driven past an F-30 or an F-22 in flight before in a car. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. The, the, the wings turn, and it actually literally just lifts straight up in the air, and it could just hover, and then the wings turn, and it shoots forward. No, no. This was like a, a McDonnell Doug, Douglas or a little Cessna. This was a single-prop propeller plane in the front, and it was just sitting there. It was probably, Yeah, a ghost plane. It was probably just stuck at an airspeed. So... Ground speed doesn't matter for a craft like that. It's airspeed. So if it has enough wind coming at it, it only requires like 89 mile an hour. Dude, the, it was right above the trees and the trees were not moving. I will send you a GIF. No, I believe you. And I, I, know about, I know about planes installing and I know all about that. There was no wind for this thing to stall against. Fuck you. Just fuck you. All right. Lex is laughing at him in the background. It's hilarious. No, she just said never happened. That's what she just said. Doesn't matter. She's laughing at you internally. But that was I like that. That's the thing. I I understand the concepts, and even at the time, because I was really really big into into avionics. Um, I I, I studied for a very long time because I was going to go into the Air Force for a very long time until they told me I couldn't fly because I was too tall and too blind. Actually, no. I I, I could get the surgery and I would have been fine. Yeah, they'll ah. fix that if they've already you know, paid a lot of money. You know, Lex is, Lex is a demon, so it could have just been one of her summoned lost souls. Dude, all I know is that at the time, and just even now, I understand I understand the basics of lift and thrust and how you can stall a plane in midair. I, I've, I've seen it, hell, in, in a lot of simulators, I've done it. So I understand it. Does Lex understand that you know about the concept of lift and thrust? <laughs> well, yeah, she's on top. But that's my point, is that, like, this plane was defying all laws of physics that I understood. And I'm looking at her going, that plane was just sitting there above the trees. And I'm like, is it windy? And look, we stopped the car, opened up the windows. I'm like, sticking my head out. There was no wind. And where this plane was was only maybe 50 feet above from where I was. And there wouldn't have been that much more wind there. It got stuck on the top of the tree. When by the time you look back, it fell into the forest. Poor dude's like, "Somebody help me, please!" You know, it could have been. It, it could have been like a friggin' Predator episode movie, like where the plane. You, you stuck. left the poor dude in the forest, dude. We did, and that man probably is dead now because of me. But you know what? He should probably not do a friggin' ghost plane above a friggin' forest ever again. 
Or you got stuck in the Wildlands beta where nothing moves, but you're still flying somehow. Because <laughs> you died. That's also a possibility. All right, back to Sinister. So we all watched it. What are some what are some uh, what are some thoughts about Shinzu this? Shinzu didn't watch it. Oh, you bastard. Alright, let's mute Shinzu now. I watched the film. <laughs> I just didn't watch it with you guys. Oh, you did watch it? What was it was yes, it an eight millimeter? I've seen it. Was it an eight millimeter? Was it an eight millimeter? Alright, so I didn't see it in eight millimeter and I didn't see it by finding a VHS tape in a box in an attic either. <laughs> but they weren't VHS, they were eight millimeter. No, they're eight millimeter, but I was ref- I was referring to the to the movie VHS. Oh, yes. Eight millimeters different than nine millimeter. Nine millimeter is what I have. Yeah, yeah. Nine millimeter trumps eight millimeter. <laughs> eight millimeter. Eight millimeter is the films that you can find now in uh in Cecil's house that I stuck there. You know? All right, look, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> if I find a box full of eight millimeter and a freaking eight millimeter player, and it says home movies on the side of it. I will dust that crap for Prince. I will find who did it, and I will burn their house down after I'm done burning my own house down. Do it, Mr. Bubbles. Awkward pause. Yes, very awkward pause. So, So yes, I did watch the movie, and I did enjoy the movie, and I did like how throughout the movie there was a lot of little tiny foreshadowings that kind of gave way to what was actually going to happen. Yeah. And it's pretty funny watching the dad watch these films, and I'm like, dude, if you just paid attention to what was going on in the background you'd see what was happening. Like, in almost every single shot of when they actually kind of, like, give you, like, where the, what the kids were doing right before they either disappeared, right before the action happened, there's, like, a cup or there's a glass somewhere with this glowing liquid in it somewhere in the thing. Yeah, there was a lot of cool little foreshadowing parts in it. Um, that was one of them. Uh, what, was, what was the other one? Oh, oh, Mr. Boogie showing up at all the scenes where they were, uh, where the, where the families were dying. See, that's one thing I didn't. I didn't like the design of Mister Boogie. I felt it was lame. So, and I just didn't. Uh, I actually, get what they were going for. I had a comment about his appearance. I actually ended up at one point. I think it was the first time they showed his whole face in like actual high definition. I laughed. I laughed and said, "Oh my god, they got Heath Ledger for this." Oh, oh, they, kinda, oh god, dude, just dug him up. <laughs> Not because it was dark, because. It reminded me of Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Well, so that's what he looks so like. So funny, funny, funny story about this. Where they were going with that? They were originally going to have the Mister Boogie look like Willy Wonka, like um, Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka. But then they went, "Oh, that kind of seems a little too silly." So they scoured the internet and found an image of this guy or this monster, bought rights to it, and used it in the movie. See, what I thought of Mr. Boogie was that they just hired someone from Slipknot. Yeah, actually, the first time I saw it, I'm like, hey, is that Corey Taylor? I'm like, no, no, that's that's a little bit freakier. But what about where they had those stills where they were showing him of the barbecue? You remember the barbecue one? And they showed him in, in I think it was like a mirror or something. Family cookout. Family cookout, yeah. And and they showed a picture they showed a picture of the of, of him as almost a three quarter profile. And then Ethan Hawke is sitting there doing something, and it turns and looks at him. And then it goes right back to the oh, picture yeah. it was, and Ethan Hawke looks over at it like, what the hell? Like, that was one of those moments where I'm like, dude, that kind of crap happens in my house. I'll see something out of the corner of my eye, like, what the hell was that? That looked like a person. Then you look over, and there's nothing there, and you're like, okay, not cool, dude. See, the the only part that really, like, 
pulled me in, but it lost me soon after was when he was talking to the research guy. It was like, you're kidding me, right? You didn't burn him, did you? Tell me you didn't burn him. What did you do? What did, you know, that whole part? Yeah, that that's like, okay. Okay, you're pulling me in now. And then it just like, after that, it fizzled out and got funny again. Oh, with the uh, whole thing about uh, Bugul's appearance, I think I know where uh, part of that look came from. Hit me. Uh, the, uh, and I came across, you know, a few articles. Uh, I like to read a lot about anything I can find in mythology. And, um, it's a Babylon, is a Babylonian deity. While he's very similar to Moloch, that's a, um, that's a Middle Eastern one. And they're both, they both basically eat the souls of children to survive. And, um, Bugol is often described as like the brother of Moloch. And they share a common backstory where, um... There's some references where uh, Bogol uh, mimicked Moloch's worship uh, about child sacrifice and tried to mimic as much as he could until Moloch sealed his mouth shut with ash. So that might be where some of that look comes from, where he sealed his orifices with ash. Well, and and Bogol's in the movie, his mouth was sealed. You couldn't see his mouth. So that may be where they got the idea, I mean, loosely from. Did they seal his mouth with ash or with some ass? Ash. I'm going to go with ass. I think I like that version better. I found a picture. He just doesn't have a mouth or eyes. No, he doesn't. I mean, I think almost like they took, um, oh God, the hell's that movie I'm trying to think of? Uh, the, um, doll from Saw and then like just stretched out like a piece of dough over its face and then just like covered in black where the eyes and the mouth were. That's what it kind of looked like. And I honestly just started laughing when I saw him for the first time. With nothing on. I just busted and got laughing. And I was like, this is the best they could do. Also, why is he wearing a suit? I think that was because they were trying to tap into the then... Uh, what was that uh, dude who wore the suit with the long fingers and like... Slenderman? Slenderman. I think they were kind of tapping into that particular uh, avenue. So he's he's an ancient... What was it? Pagan god? I, I don't know. Ancient ancient evil. Maybe, maybe they were trying to tie it into like a kind of like a... When the devil appears in almost everything... As a humanoid form, he wears a suit. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. Something about a suit's menacing. Versus just rags. Hey, millennials hate businessmen. So do like, I. shit, I gotta work, fuck. Suits scare well, me. Well, you've seen American Gods. It's not like, uh, I mean, it's, it's not like these deities just kind of roam through and be like, hey, I'm gonna wear a loincloth the entire time, because that's what I roll with. Oh, yeah. I'm totally gonna wear a loincloth. Kidding me? Walking to work like, eh, this is happening. If you if you don't follow fashion, the last time you visited Earth was 1776. You're gonna roll up looking like a founding father. I'm just gonna strap on a fig leaf and call it that. Can you imagine like an ancient Egyptian god like Set showing up this alligator ass with a fucking powdered blonde wig? <laughs> Fuck! Fuck! Lost track of the times. It's gonna be like Django Unchained when Django gets to pick out his first outfit, and it's just gonna come off as obnoxious because you're just like, this is what people wear, right? Yeah. Yeah. It ruined the movie for me right there. Still better than skinny jeans. Oh, God. Why the hell does... Actually, that would have made it creepier. The the skinny jeans and abducting kids. Yeah, but then if you had skinny jeans and you just see, like, this, this, this cylindrical bulge all the way down to his kneecap, you'd be like, what the hell is he doing with these kids? I mean, if he was doing skinny jeans, they would have just gotten fucking Richard Simmons to play the guy. Oh, yeah. Fair point. He could have just been doing, you know, it could have just been laundry day, and that's the last thing he had. 
That could have been the only clean clothes he had. And I mean, he's got no eyes or no mouth, so it's not like he can be like, hey, Edna, give me a clean shirt. Plus, he, he also wore it in the bottom of a pool, so being an immortal being, he might just wear the same outfit for like, you know, a millennia at a time. They're like, suits, they're still in fashion. Suits never go out of fashion, right? So side note about that whole film. So, okay, one of the fun things that I thought I, I really enjoyed out of this movie, and I, and I didn't catch it the first time I watched it because I was kind of getting myself immersed in it, all the snuff films in it, you know, uh, the, the pool scene, the, the barbecue, the, the family hanging out, all of them were actually filmed in 8mm. Those are, those were actually 8mm films. So they, they, they kept that... While he found those 8mm films and watched them, those films were actually taken, like they were recorded in 8mm. That's not a filter that they put on top of it. They did basically like a movie oh, in a shit. movie. I got a drink now. Yep. Um, fun fact about that, though. Uh, while, I was look- well, while I was looking into this movie, there was a, a bunch of fun little facts I found. So they actually used a, a filming technique that was done by the Kodak company. I'm trying to find where it was here. So it was called the K14 process, and it was, uh, it was used it was by the Kodak company, and it was used to make the reds, yellows, blues, and greens really, really vibrant. So that's what they did to these 8mm films to make them, you know, as a post-process, to make them kind of pop and, uh, you know, really look better. Because I don't know if you guys have ever recorded an 8mm, but 8mm film on its own, because it's a cellulose-based filming media, is very, very bland. It's drab. It doesn't really pick up a lot of great colors. But the other the other uh, issue is that uh, if you have something like that and then you filmed on top of that, it would really wash out. That helped uh, lessen the amount it would wash out. Yeah. So that helped be, that helped them be able to capture the movie, like capture the him watching the actual metal made films they made previously. Exactly. Exactly. So that was which was that brilliant. was a cool fun fact that they actually shot all of those films in eight millimeter. Now one of the drawbacks of that is that when they shot those in eight millimeter, that scene where Mister Boogie is underwater. And they actually have the the screen pan over to him, and he turns his head. That's not that's not CGI. That's not that's not a trick camera thing going on. They actually had the actor underwater for for several seconds for that film to be shot, um, and they had to do a whole bunch of different prep work to make sure that the that the film was rolling and recording, that the the light effect on it was right, all this other jazz, so that they could actually get that scene and they wouldn't have to record it like fifteen times. That is a pretty neat one. I mean that's that's uh, that's dedication. You had the poor guy in the bottom of the pool. Well that, that reminds me of um so you guys saw the Blair Witch, right? Okay. Yes. So did you guys see the you saw saw the Blair Witch project. Did you guys see the newest yep. movie, The Blair Witch? No, I only saw the Blair Witch Project and the Blair Witch Two. I never well, saw the Well, you should have uh, stopped by during horror movie night, and you would have saw. Yeah, it. you fucker. Not this past one, but the one before this. I should have. You're right. Absolutely. So one of the things that they did for the Blair Witch is they actually tracked down the cameras that they use during the Blair Witch Project filming, and they actually use them for the Blair Witch. So it's kind of one of those authenticity things where you, you where you, you you go out of your way to make it feel good. You you go you know like we shit we could all get together. The five of us could get together, pick up some cameras, and we could make a sci-fi channel quality horror movie. 
And it would look horrible. Why don't we do it then? Pick no, up no, some no, cameras. No, no. This is how people we already get have fucking cameras. killed. No, no. This is how people get killed. This is how people have murdered. And most notably with knowing you guys, Dee's going to die trying to take the film out of the camera. So let's not. Good point. We got cameras. <laughs> That's not a camera. That's a gun. Oh, whoops. I com- I usually come back to life. It's okay. But it still shoots. Yeah. Cecil usually heals after a while. I usually come back to life. It's all yeah, good. but it's just it's just like all those other horror movies. You come back, but there's a little less of you actually there. Ah, I, I kind of had the opposite effect. I guess I'm a weirdo. Every time I came back, I got a little fatter. So D's just his own whole crux. He just has to keep killing himself over and over and over again until he just kind of like disintegrates. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. So they had some. So there there were several snuff scenes in this movie. Um, you know, of course, they start off the whole movie with a family being tied to a tree, and you see them all sitting there, and you just see. In fact, if you don't if you don't look really hard, you might miss it the first time because you're focusing on the family. But you see this. Uh, it's it's one of those pruning saws. You ever see those things where they they use them to prune trees up at a high level, but somebody can stand on the ground but still saw the tree off. Yeah. Yep. So if you weren't paying yep. attention, you would actually not have seen it until the very end when it gets thrown and dropped. But it's you see this saw sawing off a limb, and if you look, there's a rope tied to it. And as this limb gets sawed off, the limb just starts to tip down, and it lifts the whole family up. So side funny note or side piece of trivia on that, that whole family was actually stuntmen. And the first time that they shot that, they actually screwed up. I think it was the coordinator screwed it completely up. And they they actually had the whole whole group of stuntmen sitting there hanging and choking <laughs> because the guy screwed up. Ouch. <laughs> Way to have a have a horror flick turn around. I know. Yeah. I know. That w- and here Shins is worried about us fucking stuff up. You're supposed to connect <laughs> it to like a rig on their like back belts, not you know to the thing around their neck. Yeah. No, this proves my point. Professionals made the mistake, so D, you would absolutely die. That's uh, the thing, though. Like eh, it's, it's on the lines of the Brandon Lee bullet. Well, the Brandon Lee bullet was, you know, that was. Uh, I mean, that was tragic uh, to say the least. But that was a they didn't. They didn't follow protocol and clean a gun after they used a specific type of ammunition in there. You know, the slug came out, got lodged in the barrel, and nobody checked the barrel. And then they put a blank in it, which basically meant it you know, turned it into an actual yeah. weapon. Ah, Armorers and made you drink. Way. So, speaking of the fact they recorded this, I'm now looking at the IMDb. So, they recorded the 8mm stuff separately. The first time that um, Ethan had actually seen it is when they were actually recording his reactions to it. Yes. So his reactions were genuine. And they use those he in the film. He doesn't know what's happening in it. Yeah. That's that's interesting because I, he had the same look of disgust that I had watching those things for the first time. That's probably why I missed a lot of things. And you got to keep in mind that, like, okay, so back in, what was it, the 60s when 8mm first came out and allowed a lot of people to use it, 8mm was used a lot to make those snuff films like because it made amateur uh, amateur cinematography or whatever they want to call it it made it accessible to a lot more people so there were literally hundreds of these you know and i do air quotes snuff films out there but a majority of them were completely and utterly fake and now i've gone back and i've looked at some of these films that they've made that had the the, that there were these snuff films from back then and shot on eight millimeter 
and they look pretty good. Now, some of them obviously are really bad, but some of them actually look really good. But I know that they're fake because it's already been, you know, hey, this is the person, this is where they lived a long life, here's their obituary, they actually died, all that fun stuff. Now, flash forward into 2011 or, or 2010 when, when they were probably recording this. They've got a lot more tricks that they can use to make this snuff film look real. I mean, it was, it was, they did a really good job on these things. All right. So speaking of the snuff films, so the movie, as, uh, as my significant other would say, doesn't have a lot of jump scares. It's not something the movie does. It does have them. But the jump scare that got me was in one of the eight millimeter films, like the, the first couple murders, like the, the pool one and like the, the house walking from bedroom to bedroom. That didn't freak me out. It was the rain scene and you know what's happening. But they misled you because they show a family in the house and then she grabs the lawnmower. So you're just like, you don't, you know, she's going to murder somebody with a lawnmower, but you don't know. She just straight up runs up to somebody. It's a, that's that misdirection that got me out of all the scenes. She's just going in the dark with the lawnmower and suddenly body right over it. Yeah, dude. And that, and that totally that got, got me you. because when I was first watching them, so the hanging scene, it's like, oh, I know what's happening here. This is messed up. Holy crap. Then you watch the pool party and you're like, oh, God, I know what they're doing here. I see the ropes. Oh, God. And you're like, wow, this is messed up. Okay. And then they get to that one where it's everybody tied up and you're like, all right. And there's like a chihuahua there. That's the one with the chihuahua, right? Or was the chihuahua one where they got their throat slit? There was a chihuahua in between the two parents, and you're just like, oh, don't kill the dog. And she doesn't, or the person doesn't kill the dog, and it moves to the next room and kills the other, the sibling. Then there's the misdirected lawnmower scene where they show a happy family inside. Yes. And you think, oh, this person's, and you're thinking, oh, this person's just mowing their lawn. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Oh, Christ. Because they, they started off with, here's the happy scenes, and then move to the dark scene, then the happy scene, and then they get to this one. And there's no happy scene. They just show another family being happy. It's just straight to the murder. Yep. But and my it's just, thing is, ugh. my thing is with that, with it being dark, who the fuck mows their lawn in the fucking dark during the rain? Dude, have you ever- You hear that goddamn lawnmower, you go out and you start pounding, motherfucker. Hey. Do you know what time it is? There's fucking rules on mowing your lawn, dude. Dude, you ever lived in and Seattle? I think that's why they did it. That's why they did it. That's why they did all that misdirection. You think she's prepping. Maybe she's going to, like, you know, take it up to the back door, then do whatever she has to do to tie him up or anything. No, they just ran straight into the murder. You know what's coming, but you're just like, nah, I've been misdirected this entire time. I'm getting misdirected again. But for once, you weren't. Yeah. It was just straight into it. Yep. Just goes right into mowing some kid over with a friggin' lawnmower. That and the, the whole lawnmower thing is kind of cringy. It's like, oh, oh, you know it's bad. And out of all the deaths, so, yeah, hanging sucks. Drowning but sucks. a lawnmower... To the face. A to lawnmower the head, to that's, the face that's... is just gonna fucking hurt till you bleed out. Like, yeah. drowning sucks. Drowning's apparently one of the worst ways to go. I mean, they're all terrible ways to go, but, like, a lawnmower, that's... Nope. Do not sign me up for that, because that's just going to fucking hurt. So you guys remember the, the scene with the car, right? 
with all the all the gasoline and stuff mm-hmm. in the car. Oh yeah. Now did you? Yep. The car fire while they're burning yeah, alive. Did you guys notice that when it's sitting there staring at the front of the car and you see the flames belching out of it? Did you notice? It's yeah, shaking. Did you notice the car rocking. rocking back and forth? Like, rocking like people were in there struggling. Little details yep, like that really are what made that movie unsettling. You know, burning in a car fire, whatever. You got people tied up in there. Okay, whatever. But those little extra things. It was like in the movie in John Carpenter's The Thing, where the Swedish guy comes running out and the guy gets shot right through the eye and you see him drop down and flop on his face. And then all of a sudden he does that last little death twitch. It's like little things like that go, wow, that's that's a attention to detail right there that most people don't get. That was kind of creepy. See, when I saw that, the only thing that came to mind was burning down the house. <laughs> uh, or when this car's a-rocking, don't you come a-knocking. Well, if the car's on fire like that and it's rocking, I'm, I'm probably just going to not sleep ever again. He's just not using enough lube. He's just rubbing it dry. For me, it was s'mores, anyone? S'mores? Friction burn. S'mores? <laughs> Give this guy a s'more. I'm probably going to get, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't find the movie that terrifying. I didn't flinch at all. I didn't jump at all. I just didn't feel like the movie. I feel like it was a well-done movie, but I feel like it could have been better if they were just more subtle about certain things. I feel like, as well, that, like, the ending of the movie was kind of underwhelming because you have the you have the dad. Yes, he's on the ground. Spoiler alert, by the way. He's on the ground. Kid's standing above him. You know what's going to happen. And he just sits there and he takes it. Well, he's drugged. I don't fucking care. I have been like eight beers down, and I still would have at least tried to like flounder like a dead fish or something. Okay, okay. drugged and tied up. You didn't fall to the ground with white foam and well, it was actually green, wasn't no. it? It was like green. No, it was foam. it was white foam. White. It was white foam. Look, I don't care what gardener he sucked off before he fell. All right, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna twitch on the ground at least a little bit. Well, uh, you know. It, 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 it kind of set that presence with the knife scene where uh, the family gets their throat slit, where they're all drugged and they're not moving and they're just like, uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're getting their throat cut and they're just, they're coughing and bleeding out. Yeah, but the difference being is that he had the wherewithal to look at, see his wife and his other, his other son on the ground before he like turned his head and looked up at her and he's like, oh, this is going to happen. And I have a big question right now. I know the, the Baba Duke, the, the dude was like, oh yeah, I got this green stuff that comes from my fingers. Like the girl like grab his fingers, just squeeze really hard over the cup or something. Yeah. It's like milking a cow. Oh God. Mil- milking Wait, a cow, not a bull. Explained it? That was yeah. my question is where are these kids getting this shit? Cause that's not something you find in like the drug cabinet. No, no, it's, it's, if you see the scene where, where he picks the girl up, and takes her into the eight millimeter film, like she disappears. His hands are covered in that glowing substance that you find in the drink that you see. If you, the most notable one that I can tell you guys uh, off the top of my head is when you see the kid who's about to get into the pool before he disappears. It does like a shot of like the porch, <clears throat> and there's a picture of like lemonade, and the bottom of the of the picture is glowing green. Okay, I didn't I didn't catch that. I didn't catch a lot of these things, and I'm not watching it again. I yeah, I would not blame you. But I'm with Shinzu, and it was a good choice for making me watch a, a horror movie because you know I don't do horror. I didn't find the movie that scary overall. It had the, a few jump scares. They weren't too bad. But it did come off as creepy and I slept fine that night, possibly because I took a little bit of extra sleepy drugs to you know, actually get some sleep. And the fact that I, I slept fine. I you know, I watched it with somebody that, you know, likes that stuff, so she she made me happy during it and other things. 
but I also don't have kids, so I didn't have that fear factor that Cecil has. I don't... This is a demon that could never kill me because I don't have kids to kill me. See, see, I have kids, but uh, I expect them to try some of that without the influence of a demon. <laughs> so I get the, Let's face it, they're my spawn. I get that Steve had that thing to cement it in. Like the, the last time I flinched in a movie was when I was watching The Ring, and Samara was in the... Uh, was in, in the... Um, the TV or in the well? Uh, the well, out. sorry, I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. She was in the well, and she, her hands, like, she tried to claw her way up, and her fingernails came out. That made me cringe, because that, that, that shit, yeah, I can't, no, I can't do that crap. And the last movie that, honest to God, scared me was, um, uh, was Event Horizon. Dude. That movie. We just lost, watched that last we night. Did. That movie we terrified the, the hell out of me. That movie is great. It's a fantastic movie, yes. I walked out of District 9 due to the fingernail falling off scene. Oh, oh. God, yeah. I, I, I actually had one of my toenails surgically removed twice. So nails falling off creeps me out. I will say I will uh, I will put money down and film Shadow's reaction to watching Event Horizon. Event Horizon is such a How great film. It is. Are, are we well, talking like take, three grand? My yeah. My take on this movie is that uh, um, it's more of a dark comedy than actual horror film. I would say dark sci-fi. Oh, no, we're talking about sinister. Comedy we're talking for about sister, sinister, not Event Horizon. Oh, yeah, I, exactly. I, I would still call it a, a, a I, dark I, sci-fi. It's a dark sci, like science fictiony comedy. How the hell do you get science it, fiction out of sinister? Funny. I mean, All right. satanic. I. It doesn't have science, its own. Category. No, science fiction. Or, as I was on a tangent I about. Uh, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but, Event Horizon. but my whole thing is. Regardless, it's a dark comedy. That's all well, it is. Well, technically, it's a comedy because the antagonist wins. So the definition of a comedy is when the antagonist wins. I would say a dark suspense thriller. That that's how I would. I honestly would put it at a dark suspense thriller because, like like Shadow said, there were some jump scares in it, and one of the ones that got me was actually one of the, was one of the first ones where he falls through the floor. Because he thought he heard somebody upstairs, and he falls through the floor. And as he's sitting there, he's like oh, trying to wrestle, and all of a sudden, it looks like he gets pulled down because he just like all of a sudden flops backwards. It got me at first when I was like, "Wow, that was that was messed up. What just happened?" It got me again after where he's viewing the film, and he starts playing it in slow motion, and he sees all these little hands come up onto his body and pull him down. And I went, "Holy crap! I thought he got pulled down originally." Oh man, that's he actually got pulled down. Oh man. And the reason that messed me up is because at the house I lived in in Salem, we had that little entrance to the attic right there, and I fell through it just like he friggin' did that one time, and I was in that same position, and I fell down through and landed on my ass. Were there tiny hands pulling you down? I too? really hope not. Tiny hands. Rick, you yanked Cecil down. Dude, it was like, um, did you guys ever see the, the, the second Blair Witch movie, The Curse of the Blair Witch or whatever? So, so yeah. do you remember where they, they go into the back, the back of like the van or whatever, the car, and there's a whole bunch of those handprints on the back of the car, and the girl yeah. actually goes off and smashes the, the van into a tree because she sees all those kids in the middle of the road? 
Okay, I watched that with my brother at his place in New Hampshire, and I had to drive home that night, and I went up and over the friggin' mountain, and it was all foggy, and there's trees everywhere, and I'm sitting there, I'm driving like 100 miles an hour going, I gotta get out of here, I can't, I, I'm, no, no, and I'm thinking to myself, if there is a row of kids in the middle of the road, I don't care if there's a field trip out here and they got lost, I'm mowing them down, I'm going straight through them, in fact, Cecil? I'm aiming for them. Cecil? There's plenty of road signs on uh, your way home from New Hampshire. I, plenty of road I signs. I know. So speaking of what I think they were trying to be creepy with was, I, I think it was part of the whole attic scene. I'm not sure, but the, the sequence where the kids just kind of running about the house, it was creepy. Don't get me wrong. But mostly I was laughing at it. Yeah, that scene just seemed like it was forced to put in there. I know that they had... Almost out of place. Yeah. Yeah. They. I know that they, they felt like they had to put it in there because they had to make those kids from the other... Because they showed the one scene, like the one the, the one scene that got me was where e- Ethan Hawke goes in, opens the door to check on his daughter, which by the way, that daughter is creepy as hell to begin with. Like, like you ginger. see her and you're like, there is something severely wrong with that child. And then it shows the... And now she has to wear that stupid thing for the rest of her life, that smock. Yeah. Well, then they show the brother, and he does the night terror things, and they're like, oh, it's not the little girl that's the issue, it's the little boy. And then they show another scene where they show her sitting in bed, staring off at the corner, and they pan from her on this look on her face like she's just sheer horror. And they pan, and they see a painting that she did on the wall of a tree, of a family and a tree hanging. And then it goes right over to the little girl sitting in the corner, and the little girl was the picture of the per- of the girl that's been missing, and she just has the finger up like friggin' Zyver's doing right now, making me pee a little in my pants, up to her mouth going, shh. That scene got me. Like, that was, I didn't expect that. It all just came off as kind of creepy, with a, a little majorly creepy, with a side of humor. I'm not gonna lie, I mean, Zyver's not wrong, there's, there's com- comedic elements to it. But, like, the ghost kids, maybe because they made him too pale and not realistic, and because he wasn't acknowledging them, they just came off as ghosts that are not interacting with them. It didn't come off as scary well, in any way. Well, the scene where he's running around and ends up sitting on the couch with a bat on his lap, I, I definitely agree. That scene all there with them running around was just, it felt way out of place. But the two scenes that had the kids in it that really creeped me out was one where the, the daughter was looking at that girl in the corner. And there's a long story behind the, the girl in the corner thing, which freaks me out. But then when he was outside dealing with a Rottweiler and behind him were all those kids. And then all of a sudden they were gone. So the Rottweiler scene, I, I may have made a joke during that because that's what I do during horror movies. Or like he acknowledges the Rottweiler and was like, oh, my God, it's serious black. <laughs> you, may have, you may have just found the link between Harry Potter and Sinister. I think I did. Don't get me wrong. The the kids were creepy. Every time they bunched up the kids together is when it came off as creepy. But there was still humorous elements to it. And like he goes up into the attic and they're all watching a film together. And all I could think of was these motherfuckers got Netflix up here for free. Fucking ghost Netflix and chill mofos. Like get your own house and leave the Netflix account here though. It might have been Hulu. Nobody has Hulu. I have Hulu. I have Hulu. That's why it's a horror movie. I have Hulu. You guys like 70 years old or something? Listen here, Sonny. I used to walk five miles to school, uphill, both ways, in knee-deep snow. If you add up their ages and then divide by three, 
It's 70. Back in my day, we used to watch the Criterion Collection. There's nothing wrong with Hulu. Back in my day, we Googled by actually opening up encyclopedias. They were called Encyclopedia Britannica. Do you remember when Hulu used to have good stuff to it? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now they just kind of, they had some good anime, which is why I've kept it, but I'm probably going to get rid of Hulu. Actually, I was going through Hulu and I found a bunch of shows that I was surprised were on there. Um, I'm going to have to go back through them. I went through and I was like, huh, I wonder what's on here. And I went through on, I just kept scrolling to the right and I found a bunch of stuff and they've got a Huluween thing going on right now. With a whole bunch of horror films, which I was really surprised. They had some really decent horror films on there, like Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two. So one of the um, one one of the big you know one of the one of the things that I I was cruising through when I found this, or when I was when I was researching specifically Sinister, was uh, where was it? Hold on, let me see if I can find it again because I just pulled up the site a minute ago. Oh, crap! Now of course I can't find it. Oh oh, here it was. Um. Ethan Hawke's character, uh, Ellison Oswalt, was actually inspired by the author uh, Harlan Ellison and comedian Patton Oswalt, which I thought was a cute, which I would have never actually caught on to because I don't know either one of those. But I thought that that was obscure kind of trivia going on there of like, oh, okay, well, that's that's kind of interesting. So I'm right to think it's funny then. (laughs) There's a comedian involved. Um, Fuck you guys. Also, out of all the snuff films that were in it, the only snuff film that was shot during the day was The Hanging. All of the rest of them were shot at night. Very, very true. But that was a very secluded backyard. It was. It was. Don't get me wrong. It was a nice house. I would live there, you know, except for the fact that the murders took place in the backyard. Got to be very specific there, just in case your wife asks. That's why you just put up a tire swing and call it a day. Overall, I mean, technically, like, the, the car burning scene, that one actually didn't play out the way I thought it was because it was an enclosed garage, so the time of the day doesn't matter on that one. But I thought that the kid was just going to leave the car running. I didn't think he was going to... It wasn't until I saw the gasoline in there. My first thought was carbon monoxide. No, he, he went and did the gruesome murder. So here's something i got to ask. The soundtrack for this movie. How did you guys feel about the soundtrack? Depressing. Boring. Yeah, I found it boring and kind of underwhelming. Like, I wasn't expecting anything spectacular from it, but I just kind of felt like they definitely went into the bargain bin for the uh, for the soundtrack. I felt, as far as just listen, just paying attention more to the movie, I felt it just kind of added to the whole the creepiness. It was just kind of something in the back that helped set the mood. I mean, I, I wouldn't look for, like, say, a movie like that for a killer soundtrack. I mean, you're looking for, like, an action movie or something like that for a good soundtrack. This, it just needs to hit the, just the creepy vibe. And- that's it, I, it I think failed that, at that. That's what I'm saying. It failed at reaching that creepy vibe. It made it, it more failed. comical than anything. See, I, the soundtrack, you know, pushed. Okay, this is going to be a funny kill scene, or oh, hey, this is going to be a funny jump scene. See, now I th- I thought the the I thought the the soundtrack that they used, especially for when they were using that soundtrack during the snuff film specifically, and then they used it outside of the snuff films, and you thought something was going to happen, but then it never actually happened. I thought that they used that soundtrack for a nice misleading factor. I think they did a great job on the soundtrack, just because this is the first I've actually noticed the soundtrack at all. I think it did its job fairly well for what it's doing, at least to me, because I didn't even notice the soundtrack. I think that's the way a soundtrack should be. It should add to the ambiance, but it shouldn't be 
the defining part of it. So I think they did a good job on what they chose for it because I didn't notice it. Yeah, the soundtrack itself ended up being um, some weird stuff out of like uh, out of like some Canadian stuff. I'm trying to see where because I had I had a site pulled up for the soundtrack as well. IMDb has the information of who they went to for it. I know. Oh, correct. Let me go back to the IMDb page then. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, Gyroscope by the Scottish electric band Boards of Canada. Using the end credits and film. Oh no, that's that's something different. Well, I might as well go with this. Um, we're using the it was using the end credits and the film burning scenes in Sinister is recycled into Sinister Two, which hey, we might have to go into Sinister Two, and played during a few of the scenes. Um, no, but there was a. So so here's my thought on a soundtrack for how good it is in a movie. Don't get me wrong, I love popular things. I I think a an excellent song is great for a trailer because a it gives a little bit of prominence to the artist that wrote it. But for a movie itself, if I stop and go, man, I want to buy that sound, it's defeated the point of it. That's my opinion on it. Unless it's an uh, like an action movie where it's like, yeah, getting y'all rocked up. It's like like an action sequence. It kind of works. So like, so going to Halo Two, Breaking Benjamin's song that they put in one of the fight scenes. Blow me away. Yeah, blow, blow me away. away. It's such it, a good it, song. It amped me up the first time, but now every time I replay that scene. All I can think about is the song, and I forget that I'm actually fighting. So it, it needs to amp you up without being distinguishable, in my opinion. That's like the game Run Like Hell. The original sound, the soundtrack for the game is basically poly, is, uh, is Saturate from Breaking Benjamins. Also another great song. Speaking of which, if you haven't heard their new album, by the way, good album. Oh, let's check it out. All right. Well, like normal, we are we are kicking well into overtime here. So let's kick into... Uh, let's do some questions from Zyber here. So Zyber's first question, which I've even read this and I, I still haven't come up with a solid plan for it, but I'm going to read it. Uh, what horror movie had one run, but should have had a sequel. Um, now the movie I'm thinking of probably somebody is going to take, so I'm going to let everybody else go first. And I'll try to think of one different, but, uh, let's go straight. Shinzu. A horror movie that had a one run but should have had a sequel. I honestly really wanted to see a sequel to Event Horizon. Okay, yep, I knew somebody was going to say that because that was the first I, one I was I thinking really of. I really did because I think the movie the movie ended the first movie ended in such a way where it could have allowed for a sequel, and I think the fact that they discovered a new ship and or sorry, not a new ship, but they they found the the aftermath and there was a new ship and new entire crew. I felt that they shouldn't have gone the same route they did with the first one. We're immediately into hell, obviously, because that machine's gone. But I felt like they could have done something that was very, very creepy and incredibly scary. Well, they they could have actually they could have done that same type of thing with the other half of a Rent Horizon. Exactly, could, because but, the ship was alive. Right, but the whole ship was sentient. I wanted them to do more of. Uh, you guys remember the sphere? Yes. Kind of deal. Yes. I wanted to do something more like that, and towards the end of the movie, them realizing that like everything that they're seeing is just stuff that they've basically taken with them from the ship, and that they ultimately were the people who were procre- oh, I'm sorry, uh, creating, uh, basically paying it forward to the next crew. That they were the ones committing all these horrible acts. Like I wanted, to, I wanted the sequel to be more of a psychological horror than anything else. Well, they could like I, I agree with you. I would have loved a psychological horror, but they could have also done the second portion of that with the back end of Event Horizon dropping back into hell and coming back, and Lawrence Fishburne could have been still there. Like, he could have been alive 
and recounting all of this stuff that happened. You know, he could have been like in a comatose state and, you know, they could have brought that back of like, hey, we just got a, we got a distress signal from the event horizon again. Like, well, we've already recovered the event horizon. And then it like, it pan over to, you know, the, the front end of the ship being torn apart by, you know, construction crew or whatever, or maybe being rebuilt. What, what would that be? Like they're rebuilding the whole event horizon and still using the front end of that ship. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that if this was any time during anybody's lifetime, especially knowing our race and how stupid we would be, we would absolutely do that. Well, if you think about it, we've already done that with naval vessels. There was, I think, the Bismarck was actually split in two in a in an accident with when a uh, uh, one of the convoy ships did a turn and literally did, you know, in an evasive maneuver, went went around, turned around, did a UE, and went straight through the middle of the Bismarck, and the front end of the Bismarck sank. But the back end was still afloat because with watertight compartments and stuff, that it actually was designed to do that. It, you know, you could you could have several compartments being flooded and still still be, uh, you know, still and afloat. Shadow, looks ab- Shadow looks so concerned right now. I'm finding an answer. With the event horizon, like what Cecil was saying on rebuilding it, like uh, on the thing of rebuilding it, when they started up that black hole drive, the singularity drive, and it opened. Yeah, black the singularity hole drive. drive. <laughs> um, and the portal opens. Lawrence Fishburne's character falls out, and it'd be awesome because so many years have gone by now. He's aged, yeah. and it's like, how'd you survive? Yeah. See, I disagree. I don't. I hate it when movies do that, though. They bring back a main character that obviously should have died, or at least been tortured to. Because we saw we saw the flashback in the very first movie where those people were tortured beyond imagination. They had snakes running in their assholes and things of that nature. No one's gonna survive that, and everyone comes out of that experience but, obviously. But here's the thing, like getting to a point of where you don't fear anymore. It could just be a demon in his skin and what people expect him to look like. Yeah. It could all be a facade. Yeah, but the movie then is predictable at that point in time because the first time anything bad goes on, they're immediately going to suspect Lawrence Fishburne. I, I really think that like a movie like that, you should just basically start completely clean and completely new and, and just tread new territory. Don't go back and recycle the same old uh, formula. I, I You know, I, I can agree with both of you. I think both of those movies would make would make great or even if like they rebuilt the event horizon off of the front end of the ship but because the front end of the ship was still possessed by that demon part that you know they have a whole new crew on the event horizon and instead of there being a salvage crew coming to try to save them you're living through what's happening so these people are all hallucinating with things going on in the ship and it's just the ship getting stronger and stronger and stronger but that's a good call man event horizon definitely deserves a sequel I mean, to be honest, I think it's one of the only um, horror movies out there that hasn't got a sequel that is completely warranted on a sequel. There's some other ones that you can basically be like, yeah, that was okay. But I think there would have been a sequel had the movie performed better in box office. The sad part is there was a cult following, but the cult following didn't happen until well after the movie came out. Well, we should make a petition, get uh, get the sequel to Event Horizon. We could. Could you imagine the CG that. that they could do nowadays with it? Oh, no, I don't want to, because I, I saw, when I watched that movie, and I saw, uh, what was the dude who played the the lead character, the doctor? Oh, Al- Alan Jurassic Grant? Park. Yeah. Um... Alan Grant, yeah. Um, 
when I saw his character all shredded up and looking like that, I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, dude, that was straight out of Hellraiser. Like, that was Hellraiser-level oh, yeah. creepiness right there. And then the other scene in the movie where they hung the dude upside down and he eviscerated the dude. Yeah. And he put yes. all the organs exactly where they should have gone on the table below him. Was I was just like, oh, fucking damn. Yeah, that definitely could deserve a sequel. What about you, D? What uh, what horror movie can you think of that really deserves a sequel and never really got one? Uh, you are muted, good sir. <laughs> also has, I believe, also has Alan Grant in the Mouth of Madness. Actually, I think it, that was a good movie. That was a really. I good think movie. in the Mouth of Madness was actually the sequel. I think there was a movie that came before it. Really? Let me check. Hold on. Look at clack. Do 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 do. Keep in mind, he's Googling the Mouth of Madness. He's going to find some horrendous things. <laughs> like uh, grilled cheese grannies. Uh, don't go to that website. That's a bad day. Sorry, actually, sorry. they just look similar. So the uh, main actor in, in Mouth of Madness is Sam Neill. No, in the Mouth of Madness, is it's the same guy who plays Alan Grant. I'm pretty sure. Oh, the doctor. Sorry, yeah, the Grant. doctor from, uh, from Jurassic Park. His yeah, name is Alan not, Grant. Uh, yeah, that's not the That's not his real name. name. Yeah, Sam Neill. Sam- Sam Neill. And The Mouth of Madness is a informal sequel to The Thing and Prince of Darkness. Yes, thank you. Dude, I found that in like two seconds. Uh, well, I, I actually got caught up on reading on Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft, so I really stopped. You're masturbating. Also, The Mist would also be another good one. I don't think that had a sequel. That did not need a sequel. No, that, that would have been a good one I, for a I'm sequel, a, I think so. I, I, I'm going to stop you right there and let you finish in a minute. But the sequel did not deserve the sequel. The Mist did not deserve a sequel. I think it ended off incredibly in a way that was powerful, tragic, and emotionally devastating. And I think that's exactly the way it should have ended. See, they could have gone genetic engineering for the sequel after like harvesting all the corpses of these creatures. What is he going to do? Kill his family? Uh, honestly, again? I'm reaching. Except for uh, I, I'm reaching because most of the all the horror movies I love are either sequels or have sequels or yeah <laughs> it's it's I it's really hard to figure out I mean the first Howling was great and and I don't consider the rest to have sequels just because the rest of the Howling movies absolutely sucked and were less than B rated they were pretty bad they, they were it, it's like the Howling werewolves and then you see one that says oh evil witches and you're like. Okay, boobies and witches. What the f- does this have to do with werewolves? You know what horror movie actually deserves a, a, a decent sequel is Resident Evil. Yeah. That a decent a sequel. Decent. It has yeah, sequels. That deserves a decent sequel. Yeah, it already has sequels, though, so it's kind of like, meh. What about, yeah, what about you, Shinzu? Sequels, no, we don't, we don't talk about the sequels. What, what, and that, I am Shinzu. What, what true movie, though? What true movie? I can't say Resident Evil because that already has 100 friggin' sequels. Well, I, already, I already said Event Horizon. Oh, yeah, you did. Fuck. That was mine. That yeah. was Horizon. He, he already it's took Event Horizon, Horizon, which is what I was looking at. You're looking at Shadow. No, I'm, I'm actually just drunk. Don't mind me. Zyver, let's, let's make you answer your own question. Uh, you already have it, Event Horizon. No, man. You can't, you can't say Event I, Horizon. That's it. That's it. No, that's all I had. That's That was my answer Fuck. that I was going to give. Event all right, what about you, Shadow? Get burnt, son. All right, I just want to I want to make a clarification just just so viewers, you know. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hold, hold here for a second. He doesn't watch horror movies, so what he's going to say, The Land Before Time? Hey. Fuck you. That movie is terrifying. You. It's so scary. I, I would cried. just like to point out that Alan Grant's real name is Sam Neill. I already came up with that. Just just throw I already found there. his his name. Also, yeah. secondly, it does meet the criteria because it's a zomb- zombie horror movie. 
Zombieland. Ha <laughs> yeah. ha. Yeah, I, I guess. Okay. It's kind of stretching it, though. That's more of like a gremlin situation. It's not really a horror movie. Fuck you. I met the definition of the question without passing. You definitely did not collect two hundred dollars for passing go. I don't need all the right, money. I'll give me two fifty. I'll give you two fifty. Um Alright, so I've got two. And the reason I have two Oh crap, I guess I, well, alright. So the first one is a movie called House on Haunted Hill. And it had Vincent Price in it. And I thought the movie was friggin' amazing. Oh, good. I thought we were going to go for the oh, remake. Oh, that didn't have a sequel. That has remake, that remake, so awful. that does fit well, the question. We don't talk about the remake. I, I, yeah, but Vincent Price well, is I, awesome. I actually enjoyed the 1999 remake of House on Haunted Hill. The, the remake of it had a sequel. So, I mean, I guess loosely you could be like, well, there was a remake, and the remake had a sequel, so it's got a sequel. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess, I mean, we could go down that route and, and say it actually had a sequel, but... I mean, the original one with Vincent Price in it was was a psychological horror film, because in so in in the remake it ends up being completely supernatural, like what's causing it. It ends up being ghosts. It ends up being, you know, a haunted asylum, a deranged doctor who stills there and, and is killing people. And I I thought the remake of it was was a pretty good take on it. Like, hey, they went a completely different route. They didn't just remake House on Haunted Hill from Vincent Price. The original Vincent Price one, it was literally him making all these mechanisms in the house to kill a bunch of people. And it was really messed up. And it was really good. Specifically, I think he was aiming for his wife, wasn't he? I he think was so, yeah. He was really trying to kill his wife, yeah. And uh, it was the uh, the skeleton in the acid bath is what finally did it. Yeah, yeah, I pushed her in. It was the, um, it was the personification of Tecmo's deception. Yeah. It really was like Tecmo. Which, uh, what was the Edgar Allan Poe? That was based off an Edgar Allan Poe. A uh, fall, fall, uh, the House of Usher. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's my first one. But just in case you're going to argue and say, "Oh no, you can't use that. That that doesn't count. That's um, you know, that one had a remake, and that one had a sequel to the remake. That one doesn't count." All right. Well, if you're going to be dick about it, then yeah, okay, that one doesn't count. Um. Actually, no, I was just flopping through here, and I just saw another great one, too, which I should probably say. But the second one, which can loosely be, be said as a, as a horror film, which I really thought was had a lot more comedic element to it, but it had touches of horror, so it really counts as a horror film, was Cabin in the Woods. That actually was that. That would be a good choice, Oh, yeah. oh the movie with uh, Shadow in it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I considered saying that one, actually. Yeah, Sha- dude, Cabin in the Woods, I thought was really, really great. I thought the premise behind it was great, that there was just this whole kind of company world trying to appease a god and make sure shit didn't go bad. So I actually think they could do a sequel based not off the, the facility, but the ramifications of them not sacrificing a virgin. How is the world Exactly. Now? That's where I was. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is that they could go on and say, "Okay, well, what happened? This thing came back. Are we in an apocalyptic world? Are people just randomly dying? Are there groups now just like desperately trying to sacrifice a virgin to this thing to make it all happen? Um, you know how how are they trying to do it? I vote Shinzu. And the last one that I can think up. Uh, I am so not a virgin. <laughs> the the last one I could think up as I was just actually trolling through because I was looking for uh, I was looking for the name of Cabin in the Woods for some reason I was blitzing on it and I don't know how I don't know okay so I'm just gonna spit it out John Carpenter's The Thing 
Now, tech. That's actually a very good one. Well, that's uh, that is a good well, one. Well, technically, that's a sequel to a thing from another world that came out in the '60s, and then of course the remake of of the thing that came from another world, the thing from another world, that came out in like 2011 or something like that, or 2016 or something. Um, there was that remake of the original one. So John Carpenter's thing is technically a remake, but they made it, what, what, 20 some odd years after the original movie. And it was kind of only loosely based on that. They really took a lot of liberties on themselves. So I think John Carpenter's the thing and the way they left it, they have a lot of opportunity. Uh, I know that the thing had a video game that came out and there's argument that the video game is actually canon, but I don't know. That doesn't count as a sequel, as yeah. a movie sequel. That that counts as like maybe canon if you're, like you got Star Wars canon and all this other stuff, but it doesn't count as part of the movie. Exactly. That's that's kind of my my feeling on it. While while the game was cheesy and fun, I don't know that it would be counted as a sequel. All right, second question. Uh, so, what game is your favorite team play game? So I'm I'm going to assume that this is either a co-op game or a game where you play as a team against another team uh either or okay your your favorite game to play as a team okay all right so let's start with you shinzu halo reach good call halo reach i think it was uh not only the campaign was fantastic but also the multiplayer aspect and the small upgrades that they made uh to the game itself with the abilities that you could have as well as the level design and the game variants that they came up with. Plus, they also uh, increased the usability of people's ability to make through the Forge their own levels and their own games. That, like, it was just amazing to play. Even the custom games, Griffball, uh, Laser Tag, Paintball, all these game variants that came along with these things were just absolutely amazing and just a joy to play. Nice. What about you, D? I really enjoy playing, um, and it's no surprise, Titanfall 2, I really enjoy playing. You know, as as a team on versus another team. Yeah, that was fun. So, yeah, I really like it. Yeah, sp- and I'm not too bad at it, so I actually really enjoy yeah, I, it. I especially love it when I talk like a pirate and I don't use titans ever. That's uh, that's really fun. Until you're forced into a titan. Yeah, until I'm forced into a titan and I start I start swearing on why I'm in a titan. But really, I'm not in a titan because I'm just loading into the game and it's a. Uh, it, that's how they load into a, a friggin' uh, virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> See, look how forced. <laughs> what about you, Zyver? Well, I'm going to go a different route than you guys. Uh, I'm going to say Starbound. Absolutely loved playing Starbound with you guys, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when you had that server up and going. That, to me, is, like, fun. Just a sandbox, of, uh, sandbox adventure and building shit. Yeah. Starbound was definitely entertaining. I actually still have that save file of that Starbound server, and I'm standing up the uh, the IBM again to get it running. Nice, nice. I have to update the fuck out of it, but I got it. So what about you, Shadow? For co-op, uh, the most fun I think I've actually had is when we were playing Wildlands. And Don't tell me it was Sam Fisher. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I came up with an idea to do the Sandfish mission where you can't kill anybody or be seen infiltrating a base. So my idea was, well, why don't we just parachute in? 
And as we're going up in the helicopter, Cecil said, what exactly? This was the worst idea ever. There's no way this is going to work. It worked. It took us a few tries. It, actually, it would have worked. worked the first time if Damoc didn't jump out. Um, when he jumped out, he jumped out like like 10 seconds after me and landed completely off target. I landed so spot on. I probably could have landed on a damn dime. If it was laid on the floor there, Damoc ended up landing somewhere way off. I, I, I think part of that was my fault because when uh, when we were getting to altitude, I did drop down quite a bit trying to switch over seats until we were like, you know what, let let me just fly it up so you guys are ready and we don't have to worry about switching seats. Yeah. Yeah, that was the flavor. Then there was that mission you guys kept failing where you had to steal a box truck and replace <laughs> it. And I was trying to do other things. So eventually I got so annoyed because it'll put everybody back at the start point. You guys tried to like stealth in there, taking them out one by one. I just walked up to the truck and drove off with it. It wasn't until I was on my way back before you guys were like, where the hell, Shadow? Like, get the fuck out of there. We're not doing this a 12th time. I have the truck. Yep. Just leave. Yeah, just like, stop shooting people. Stop shooting lights. I have the truck. Wait. <laughs> just wait. How'd you do that? I'm very, very good at what I do. Well, I don't know if... Uh... Sounds like he'd make a great taxi cab driver. He's the Uber! Well, I don't know if this is going to count as team play, but it's definitely a game that I think nailed co-op, and I've said it before. Dead Space 3. Dead Space 3, hands down, because it... Uh, Shit, we still gotta do that game, too. We do. I'm waiting on you telling me, give me some time frames. You tell me when. Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll message you this week and let you know. Same here. I'm waiting. Waiting. Can you play... Is it is it more than two player, or is it just uh, two player? No, player? no, it's just two player. But, uh, yeah, you... you Zyber, you're out. No, I mean, uh, we, we could switch back and forth, because I can... I can... I've already done the entire storyline, so I can jump ahead with you if you play with Zyber. So you're you're the person who's got to maintain the storyline. That's fine. Right. Ooh, ooh, old school co-op. Oh, River City Ransom. Yeah, River <laughs> City Ransom on the NES. Exactly, we were gonna go with that one too, man. That 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 shit Heck caused yeah. so many fights, and like my parents were about ready to kill us over that game. <laughs> that game was awesome. Yeah, great games, but yeah, friggin' Dead Space Three. I think nailed co-op. I don't think any game before or since has nailed co-op the way Dead Space 3 did. And it just, it, it breaks my heart that Visceral Studios is closed down because, man, if they could have capitalized on that in any way, shape, or form, it would have been amazing. All right, well, I think that brings the show to a close. Oh, wait, we got to do something else. Oh, yeah. Where can people find you at? So, Cyber, where can people find you at, man? Uh, I have a website, but if you want to get to my website, hit me up on Twitter, at Games. Uh, or Instagram at Cybergames, um, or Facebook again at Cybergames. We're just hanging out here on the GNA uh, Discord, um, or GNA Twitter website, all that lovely stuff. Rock along. Hey, uh, Shadowfox, where can people find you at? My website's morganbs.com. All my links are on the About Me page. I actually just updated it with some brand new pictures. There you go. And uh, otherwise, I can be occasionally found in the GNA Discord. I've been there a little bit less recently, but I'm starting to come back more and more and more to make fun of Cecil's face. We miss you. What about you, Shinzu? You've set up any of those uh, social media places yet? I have not, no, but I will have them set up <clears throat> next week around the same time when I get actual webcams so you guys can see my ugly mug. 
but you can find me. And, and, and when we ask him again next week, he'll be like, oh, no, I didn't get it done this week. But next week, you'll see it. It is on my it is on my to-do list. Uh, I had a lot of surprise bills lately, so that's the reason why I don't have a webcam. So now at the end of the show is I can get, I can get real. Uh, I also have to buy D a cake because he was getting a little thin. I needed a little more fat on his uh, on his stomach there. But I'll have it all set up. For the moment, you can find me kicking around on the GNA podcast. Discord, that is. Rock on. What about you, D? Where can people find you at? Well, after uh, after I'm hiding at, at Cecil's house, spreading 8mm films everywhere, uh, you'll be able to find me at uh, microbrewgamers with a Z instead of an S dot com on my website. It's got links to the uh, rest of it. Of course, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I uh, like to haunt. I've got my own uh, Discord channel, Microbrew Gamers. I like to haunt the uh, Yeah Dude Gamers. Of course, I'm mostly on GNA podcasts, uh, G- uh, Discord. That's about it. I always uh, probably always leave something out, but yeah. <laughs> so I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil versus Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else, Facebook, Ustream, Twitch, Mixer. Um, you can find me tool around the GNA podcast, Discord, uh, as well as the GNA podcast, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, so yeah. So hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Reviews help other people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, spread the word. You can also find us on other services like Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, YourListen, wherever else hell else you want to find us. Uh, if we're not there, let us know. We'll upload there. And yes, we're even on Spotify now. Go check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter, at GNA Podcast, or join the Discord chat. Just see that pinned tweet. We're also on Facebook. Search GNA, GNA Podcast, or at GNA Podcast, and you'll find us there. We've partnered up with Humble Bundle. Hey, why don't you tell us about Humble Bundle, Zyber? Uh, he was not Humble Bundle. Um, shit. Nobody Fuck, ever is. Humble Bundle is a streaming service in um, which you can do stuff. <laughs> I just want to hear, like, one there of these times go. I want to basically have Cecil go, oh, tell us about Humble Bundle. One of us just sit there and go, no. <laughs> no. It's, it's a wonderful place where you can go and buy games, and if you want to do a charity, you can put a little thing on the end of your link, which is Cecil. Uh, it's question mark, partner equals GNA podcast. All proceeds can go to charity. You choose how much goes to charity. It can be all, it can be nothing, and you get a lot of great games and do a lot of good for the world. Awesome stuff. So far this month, we have raised $12.84 for charity. Through a through a partnership with Humble Bundle, and don't forget that question mark partner equals GNA podcast can go at the end of any Humble Bundle link. So if you have a Humble Bundle link and there's a question mark in it, you can delete everything past the question mark and put partner equals GNA podcast after that question mark, and it will all it will tell them that we sent you there. So keep an eye on our Discord chat or our Facebook or Twitter. We typically typically will send links up there. And if you buy games through Steam, which if you're listening to this show, there's a very good chance you do anyways. If you do. Check out on Humble Bundle because you might find the game on Steam for the same price or on sale on Humble Bundle. You can get it through Humble Bundle. You're at the same time you're donating to charity and we and saying that we sent you there. Uh, when also, also with Humble, if you sign up for their monthly membership, you get ten percent off of every game, and sometimes more than that. And you get up to I think three games. Uh, with their uh, subscription. Oh no, you get more than you get more than three. Oh, you get more. Yeah, I've it's been, usually like five or. Six I was gonna say I've been month. getting six games regularly, and not and not like shitty games either. Like last month was Overwatch, 
Dude, and I love that game, so I picked it up through Humble Bundle. Speaking of which, I have codes for games that I don't plan on using because I don't have time to play them, which I will roll over to Cecil to give out. Hey, and we'll give them out on our game show nights, which is the first Saturday of every single month, followed by the next Saturday being Horror Movie Night. This past Horror Movie Night, we watched Return of the Living Dead and Event Horizon, which was actually just last night since we're recording Sunday. So if you enjoy horror movies... Come track us down, watch some horror movies with us. We also watched Sinister the night before, but that was because we were watching Sinister for the show. And then also after that, uh, watch Jigsaw. We did watch Jigsaw after that too. Yeah, we did. I actually wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, cool. Because I saw, I've, I actually saw both. I've seen Event Horizon more times than I can count, and I've seen Return of the Living Dead, but I haven't seen it since, well, like, you know, 1988. Uh, or whenever the hell it came out. So, you know, I was really excited about seeing Return of the Living Dead again. But then when all of a sudden you popped on Jigsaw, I was like, oh, crap, I haven't seen this one. So I stuck around and watched it. Which Jigsaw is on Hulu. Yeah, uh, that was on no, Amazon. But I'm saying right now the movie Jigsaw oh, is on okay. Hulu, part of the Huluween. So if you uh, do you enjoy anime, because if you do, you can join us Wednesday nights at 1930 Eastern Time at HTTP www or HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.rabb.it forward slash GNA podcast for anime night hosted by Blue Shark 45. He uh, he isn't any of that at all. Like it's all lies. It's yeah. all lies like that goddamn cake. Except for the host part. He does he host, does anime. host anime. He does night. that. That's not a lie. The rest of it is a lie completely, though. He's not blue nor... Sh- oh, hold on. Wait, isn't he going on hiatus? Oh, no, that's not That's not till after uh, the Extra Life event thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're good there. Um, and we already talked about horror movie night, so join us there at that same thing. It's at uh, rab.it forward slash GNA podcast uh, to, to watch us, to join us for horror movie night. And every now and then, we'll be randomly showing... Uh, movies and or anything else that we can possibly think of uh, through that because, you know, we like watching movies, we like watching animes, we like watching shows. Maybe we should do the Castlevania series. We totally should. Well, hey, show up to Anime Night next time and uh, we can make a vote because this week coming up is going to be vote week. Nice, nice. We could... They now are... are, Is it out already, the uh, start of season two on uh, Castlevania? It comes out or or somewhere somewhere in there. I thought so. Well, I could be wrong. It might be the 15th. Also, right now, you're finishing up, what is it, season two of We are. Overlord? We're finishing up season two of Overlord, so I think we've probably got two weeks left on that. So we've got this week coming up, and then the next week we'll probably finish out. So that's why we're going to vote this week. So just in case we get to a stalemate or there's nobody that shows up, which every now and then, you know, of, of, of animation night, there's only, you know, a few of us that show up. And, well, yeah, three hosts could just vote on what to watch. We like to get a little bit of community opinion in there so we can see what they want to watch um yeah check uh check out our good friends uh the meter at we need to talk and caleb and alex on geek swash uh, we want to thank morgan bs photography for our new logo and artwork check him out at morganbs.com email us at gna podcast at gna and your dna dot one with questions comments death threats movie recommendations anime recommendations whatever the hell you want to email us with just email us something Blue actually sent us an email recently. Hang on. Hold on, let me see if I can find find said email, because, uh, you know what, I should have been better prepared for this situation. Hey, they can even email us topic ideas. Uh-huh. Email us topic ideas, we can run with that. Mm. 
So here's where I was. So we got a, we got a, my name is Joe Meal and I'm an SEO specialist. Most people share their anger and frustration once they get my email, but let me show you how there's so much, so many bugs like broken links, pages and return, blah, 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 blah in your website, which we don't actually have. Uh, actually, this is pointing towards ninjapancake.com. Why it's coming to us, I don't know why. But this basically, guy, uh, this goes, guys goes on and on. And Blues writes in and says, Cecil, I really feel we don't get enough community email from our listeners. I really wish we could get an email from one of them this month. Regards, from the Nesca Blue Shark 45 on GNA Podcast. Please note he is neither blue, nor a shark, nor 45. So yeah, that's our email that we got. Wow. Disclosure of honesty Yeah, so there. Blue just... Blue just ran in and said, hey, we don't get emails from the community. We know you're out there. There's at least one of you listening to us. Do you have an email address? I just I just thought of something. How Blue Shark can be honest. Paint himself blue, turn into a shark, and be shot out of a 45? No. If, say, he becomes a lone shark, so a shark, turns 45 and chokes on a piece of cake and dies and turns blue, he now be a Blue Shark 45. All right. We need an artist, and we need them immediately. Right now. Uh, last but not least, check out our website. Oh, hey Cecil, Microbrew, Zyber, Shadow, and whatever fucking special guest you have on the show since I've been exiled into my darkness. Well, fuck it. It's now the Daymark Show, and I'm drinking gin and tonic at a very alarming rate, I might add. So, yeah... I guess, however, whatever this contract states, I have to do the thing for the thing. So here's what you have been waiting for. You can always find these asshats at www.gnapodcast.com! And if you want to reach out, you can always hit me up at blowme at damoxsucks.net. Fuck you, I'm out. We put pictures up there. Or, well, we forced Shadow to put pictures up there. Um, I did a bad job. Don't look at it. Uh, we have our podcast feed up there. And eventually we'll have some other stuff up there as soon as I can actually graduate another school program, which I silly and did again. Stop that. I know, I know. Stop being so learned. Stop being so knowledgeable. No, put the gun down, Shadow. It's not worth it. He's not worth it. It's okay. Oh, damn it. <laughs> now, thank you guys for joining. Have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs>